I think if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that our 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 strength here as humans on this earth, this temporary home, is limited. Um, I yeah. think that um, it, at some at some level, all of us have probably been brought to the end of ourselves in some way, uh, whether that's mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, in work, whether we feel extra challenged by the year that we just had, um, or with our in, in relationships, if things have been strained, um, we need God's grace, a reminder of God's grace daily. We need to drink of it daily. Greetings, Redeemer family, and welcome back to Redeemer Radio. I am Pastor Ross, and happy 2021 to you all. As I'm hearing all these construction noises around our building as we record, I'm first of all hoping you don't hear them and they don't get picked up, but I'm also reminded that this is an exciting year for us as a church that, Lord willing, we'll be worshiping in a new building, new sanctuary later this year, and hopefully we'll be back worshiping together at some point um, in our normal rhythms, but we're not getting our hopes up and we know there's you know, a long way to go on that. But I'm back with Dan and Sean, and guys, I'm feeling a little inspired lately. I was recently looking at the Pantone colors of the year. Have you guys ever heard of Pantone and that they have a color every year? I have not. <laughs> I have not. In fact, i got to be honest, I thought it was Pantene, which Ooh. is a hair dye. Okay. And I'm like, why is Ross sending us color hair dye colors? I don't even have any hair nope, to that dye. that is not it. Pantone, but, yeah. I, I have a somewhat artistic wife, so that's I've learned about it many years ago but every year they have a color or two colors and they have two colors this year and it's this kind of yellow color they call it illuminating and it's this idea they their ideas of it being hope and kind of the you know the sun at the horizon the light at the end of the tunnel but also gray it's called ultimate gray and it's this idea of fortitude and and strength and so it's it's very inspiring and i just thought i'd inspire you guys as well with that Thank you. Just remember the light at the end of the tunnel means a train is coming. Oh. So duck <laughs> or Run? jump? I or, don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that was a freebie for you all. Uh, the Pantone colors of the year. Ultimate gray. Let's jump into our new season. New year, new season. Season three of the podcast. We're excited about this. We're calling it Well-Worn Paths. And I think it merits discussion, first of all, of why that title and what do we mean by that. And I'll, I'll speak into it first and then let Dan and Sean add anything. But um, we're essentially talking about the spiritual disciplines uh, is one way you can call them, just ways of growing in our relationship with Christ. And so the phrase well-worn paths, that word paths, what we're primarily meaning there is is it's a place where we find Jesus, where we meet with Jesus and talk with him and, and a place where we can be encouraged by him. And when we say well-worn paths, yes, there's this sense that, of course, through the Holy Spirit, Christ is present. We can access and talk to him anywhere. But there's also this reality that there are spaces where it's more common to experience Christ and be encouraged by him in a more meaningful way where God's grace has proven time and again um, to run. And so putting ourselves on these well-worn paths is sort of this idea of putting ourselves in the way of the Holy Spirit to work in us. Mm. And one author has used the actually the, a, an illustration of Zacchaeus in the Bible where um, Zacchaeus couldn't get to Jesus. He was too short, so he, he went ahead to the tree. And it, it's this idea of... Zacchaeus put himself in a position where he could experience, where he could encounter Jesus. And he talked about how that's that's kind of what we're doing when we 
engage in prayer or fasting or, you know, biblical meditation is it's we're trying to put ourselves in a place where we're really going to experience the power of Christ for our lives. So I think that's that's a beginning of what we're getting at. Dan and Sean, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I, well, the the really encouraging and kind of cool thing about the idea of a path is that it's something that was there before that we just happen upon or experience and and we didn't have to do any we didn't have to do yeah. any trail maintenance we didn't have to forge the path ourselves that path was put before us for our benefit uh, you know by God's grace obviously we're going to talk a lot about that um, there's nothing we could have done to make that path it, it's there for us and so it's an invitation yeah. um, I think so I I I, lo- I love the imagery and I think that's that's pretty neat yeah I like the idea too along the same lines we're not trying to reinvent and come up with something new that God's people has churched for generations have been walking this path. I think about John telling us to walk in the light and how we're doing this as a community, but also as individuals, and that um, we need to make use of these gifts of God to us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's other ways we can talk about it. Um, They've been called the means of grace, uh, which is a, a really helpful description, means of you know, really accessing God's grace. And, and, you know, there's this idea of saving grace where we're justified, but there's also this idea of sanctifying grace. Mm. And we'll get into that more. Um, and it's means of really act accessing that sanctifying grace. And, um, there's also been called spiritual disciplines, like I said, and that's mainly from first Timothy four, seven, where it says, discipline yourselves for godliness. Um, Paul is talking to, his young protege, Timothy, and, and really talking to him that there's this aspect of needing to discipline yourself to, to grow in godliness. And I think that word discipline is getting harder to use in our more hedonistic culture that doesn't like that word, but I think it's definitely a biblical idea. You know, athletics were a, a, actually a common metaphor in the Bible to talk about our relationship with Christ. And, um, you know, just like you need to have, you know, exercises, you know, weight exercises to strengthen muscles, we need to have discipline to strengthen our, our relationship with Christ and our godliness. So any other thoughts on kind of different definitions for this? Yeah, I think means of grace is helpful because it reminds us it's not primarily our efforts, though we'll talk about that later. We need to be engaged. Right. Because, again, as I mentioned, if you were able to hear sermon this past Sunday, grace isn't a thing. Grace is a gift of God. It's ultimately Christ himself. And I love how Paul always starts his letters, grace and peace to you yeah, uh, from our Lord Jesus Christ. And so this, the grace is coming to us through Christ. And uh, one particular image and thought that's stuck with me is from the book, Gentle and Lowly, that uh, I've been reading. And there's one chapter on Christ being our intercessor from Hebrews 7.25, that he lives to intercede for us. And just thinking about all the grace that comes as Christ is interceding on our behalf, that we would grow in our holiness and become more like him has been incredibly helpful and 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 flips the script for me of I'm not doing something per se. Uh, I'm, like you said, putting myself in the path to commune with God and be with him and receive his grace, receive Christ. Yeah. Yeah, and before we began recording, Dan, you were saying something also about just the importance of habit with all this. Do you want to speak to that? Yeah. Uh, you know, as the New Year starts, we often kind of say, what do I want to do be differently? What do I want to carry over from last year? We were having that conversation around the dinner table last night. And 
just being reminded we are such creatures of habit, good habits and bad habits, and they shape us. And so as we're thinking about the new year and, and the challenging year we've had in 2020, I think we've seen how some of our habits have been deficient, how we need to grow, how we need to to broaden maybe our understanding of the spiritual disciplines and the opportunities mm-hmm. to access God's grace, to access Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think um, for that reason, one, it's important for us to have the conversation that we're having, that we're not just going over things everybody knows, though we know a lot of it, implementing it's very different. Um, and then uh, then I remember, well, we, as we were talking earlier, that brought up something else just about the paths. You kind of thought of it in a new light, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, no, as you were talking about habits, it almost gave a whole nother meaning to the title Well-Worn Paths, where, of course, most importantly, we're talking about paths where we access God's grace. But, you know, neuroscience in the last several years has been, you know, talking about how the habits in our in our life are like well-worn paths in our brain. It's it's Mm -hmm. where we more easily um, act in a certain way. And so I think one of the hopes of talking about these spiritual practices is that they would become more like habits for us. Mm-hmm. And we would create well-worn paths in our literal brains that, that almost second nature were running to these spiritual practices to grow in our relationship with Christ. So, yeah, we're going to have a discussion for some of the parents on the social dilemma uh, documentary about social media things. And, one of the men in there talked about how they even are trying to get you in the habit of looking at your phone the first thing in the morning, like before you do almost anything else. Yeah. And just thinking that that's going to be, I mean, you get a dopamine hit from looking at that and just what is, what are the things that we're doing to shape how we, how we live? And so uh, I think there is a lot to the whole idea of what are the habits and practices? What are the first things we think about in the morning? What are the things we do at the end of the day? Um, yeah. and there's been spiritual practices that have kind of spoken to those issues. We won't probably get into those, but there's some really helpful uh, things to to practice in that sense as well. Yeah, um, and I mean, I think we're going to continue uh, working on a definition as we go this season, but uh, I think for now we can just say what, but well-worn paths are spiritual practices that help us access God's power to more faithfully and fruitfully know and follow Jesus. And I think we'll hopefully work that out more and more as we go. So, Dan and Sean, what, what's important about this subject, this topic uh, right now? I mean, especially, like we said, these are well-worn paths. These are We're not reinventing the wheel in any way. These are things that everyone who's listening right now has thought about, talked about, practiced. But, but why, why talk about them um, again? I think if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that our, our, our strength here as humans on this earth, this temporary home is limited. Um, I think that, um, at some, at some level, all of us have probably been brought to the end of ourselves in some way, uh, whether that's mentally, physically, emotionally, um, in work, whether we feel extra challenged by the year that we just had, um, or with our, in, in relationships, if things have been strained, um, we need God's grace, a reminder of God's grace daily. We need to drink of it daily. Um, and so I think, uh, as we tie the, Dan, you mentioned new year's resolutions, as we tie in and, and apply a biblical worldview to the idea of resolutions, well, we should resolve to go back to 
what has been what has proven faithful over and over again, which are these ways that God has given us to communicate with him. And that's where we should find our life, not from all of these ways that we, you know, I think a lot of idols were probably broken down in 2020, right? Or exposed to us and um, all the things, all the ways that we sort of built our house on sand, probably instead of rock, all of these things have, have been challenged and, and, um, and for God to remain faithful through all of that and to have given us ways to communicate with him and to drink deeply from his word and, um, to connect with him in prayer this year as a, as a reaction to last year, um, we should start by really revisiting some of these disciplines and thinking, um, you know, I, I need God now more than I yeah. ever have. Right. And, yeah, and acknowledging absolutely. that truth, like, you know, that's, that's an ever present truth. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I think the disruption too of our normal patterns showed some weaknesses, like hmm. revealed where there were some undeveloped things in our lives and trying to figure out what, what those are and what we need. I, I alluded to this earlier, but you know, I think we are all kind of wired in certain ways. So we have certain um, tendencies and find things that work for us in our relationship with God, with others. And when those get disrupted or in hard seasons, whether it's 2020 or other things, we we need other tools to access. We may not use them all the time. For example, uh, I know one person, he journals every day. Uh, I'm not a regular journal. I usually journal when I'm uh, kind of trying to work through a hard problem or I'm struggling and kind of process some emotions. So if anyone ever finds my journal, they're going to think I'm a manic depressive, right? Because the <laughs> only time I write in there really is when uh, I'm doing that. So he and I interacted differently with journaling. Yeah. I only need it for certain seasons. And I think 2020's shown we might need a few more tools a few more exercises, a few more strengthening things than we have in the past. And so we need to be willing to change things up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think for me, uh, of course the, the pace and the hurry, um, that we are just swimming in, in a culture, I think in our culture, I think, um, makes the, you know, makes discussion of the, the spiritual practices of, of really, focusing on our relationship with Christ all the more important to be growing in and to be leaning into um, as the, the the water we're swimming in in our culture is, is I think, making it harder to engage in these practices in a meaningful way. Mm. Um, I've even, you know, been reading something recently that's been talking about that, that water we're swimming in and hurry and how, um, you know, when, when you're in a hurry – um, one of the first things to go is love. I mean, think about when you're late to somewhere, um, and your family, you're, you're probably not going to be treating them very well. Um, and, and that can be broadened out just to life in general. And, and I think these well-worn paths, one of the things it does is it kind of forces us to slow down a little bit. Mm. And I think one of the benefits of that is, you know, when you think about love, one of the things love needs really to be done well is time, you know, it takes time to really cultivate loving relationships. So, that's more of a broader, th- that could be a whole another discussion by itself, but that's one of the things that's getting me excited about talking about this. Um, well, I think that segues into two of the topics we're going to talk about. One's meditation. Yeah. And then the other is silence and solitude. Yeah. You can't... S- take it away, Dan. Well, yeah. I mean, let's, let's, let's kind of take this moment now to just kind of cover what are we going to be covering in this, uh, this season? Yeah, because two of them are going to be meditation and silence and solitude together. Um, so we can't do that if we're not 
slowing down. Right. Because meditation doesn't mean just Bible reading. Right. Um, not just having access. It's it's thinking about, pondering, um, ruminating on. I love the word ruminate. And when I was in Alabama, uh, this guy came up to me and he said, uh, and I may get it wrong, those of you who know more about this than me, but he goes, well, you know, that's chewing the cud. And I'm like, chewing hmm. the what? You know, I've heard of chewing the fat or, well, you know, there's a, what, fistula or something like that in a cow where they eat their food and it sits there and then they, it's kind of gross, but they regurgitate it back up and chew it again. Mm, yeah, and that's the cud. That. They're chewing the cud. They're they're getting all the nutrients out of it. And so meditation yeah. is really thinking about pondering, treasuring um, what you've been thinking about. And so yeah. that's part of what we don't do, I think. We don't slow down to ponder. And, and that even goes into the idea of we can ha- we can hear God's voice from the scriptures, but we can speak back to him. We have his ear. We can pray and, and ruminate and ponder and treasure those things in a dialogue with him. And I think that is one of the things that the Community Bible Reading Journal models for us. Again, mm-hmm. I want to be clear. It is a method, not the method, right? but it is a modeling of how we can meditate and pray back God's word to him and actually think about it, not just check it off our list and move right. on to the next thing. Right. And then silence and solitude. I mean, how many of us are good at just being silent? Now, I know a lot of extroverts would say they are, but um, I don't know that they actually are being s- silent before the Lord. And, and in one way, we're not alone when we're having solitude with the Lord. Right. Uh, but that was a practice Jesus modeled for us we'll get more into that so if if jesus the son of god needed to meet with his father uh, to process grief to make big decisions to to deal with things then i think we too need to have this practice yes yeah so biblical meditation silence and solitude we're also going to have an episode on um, memorizing the bible of course you know it says in the bible that i have hidden your word in my heart that i might not sin against you i mean what better uh, motivation do you need to to see the importance of, of having God's word in your heart and really um, having it in your mind and I'm really excited we're gonna have a special guest for that episode from our church who um, through getting to know him I've really seen memorizing scripture has really had a profound impact on his spiritual journey so I'm excited to get to hear from him as well we're also going to talk about fasting uh, which is could be an interesting episode that's 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 a, one of the more difficult i would think spiritual disciplines but you know in the sermon on the mount jesus uses the language when you fast he doesn't say if you fa-, he says when you fast i think there's this expectation of our savior of in our relationship with him that this would be that we would utilize uh, this practice um, and what else sean yeah, and then we'll we'll cover in you know this this idea of prayer, which kind of undergirds all of these other right. um, spiritual disciplines, right? It being in relationship with the Father, prayer is the access to to God that we have right. to be in relationship with Him. I read a book on prayer once that just spent the first little introduction uh, talking about how God is a speaking God. He spoke things into into mm. existence. He gave us words to speak. Uh, back to him. He gave us yeah. the ability to communicate with him. Now, that that doesn't always have to be praying out loud. It can be praying in, in silence um, as we meet with him. But um, I, I think prayer is is also a, an area where uh, the evil one really likes to um, kind of spark our doubt, uh, yeah. right? Is this is this really effective? Is he really is God really hearing me? Um, is 
is my prayer going to even do anything? Does he know what I'm going to pray already? So why should I even pray? You know, we, we kind of, yeah. the, the doubt that we have kind of manifests itself in these rhetorical questions that I'm asking you now. But um, I think as we talk about prayer, we'll see how Jesus modeled uh, this for us. And, you know, Dan, yeah. you talked about going, going away in solitude and needing that, that, yeah. that time to pray to his father. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it'll be helpful to, to revisit some of that and really just break down what does the Bible have to say about prayer and does prayer actually work and, right. um, you know, or, or what is the point of it? You know, just yeah. some of these answering some of these questions. Yeah, that's great. I've heard one author say that prayer is probably one of the hardest things to do in the world. And I think it merits <laughs> plenty of discussion and I hope we can, um, give some helpful, ways to think about it and, and, and exercise it in our life. Uh, we're not going to be covering all the spiritual disciplines, all the means of grace. Like for example, communion with the saints, uh, you know, community with people is, it could be argued is a spiritual discipline, but we, we actually did address that in an earlier season. Um, and there's others as well, but, um, we're excited to, to, to go through these. And, and I hope you'll notice as we go that these were all things utilized by Jesus, um, to deepen his relationship with the Father. I think finally, before we jump in next week to our first uh, spiritual discipline, um, I think we just need to address in this episode, what are some of the roadblocks, Dan and Sean, that um, all of us deal with when we talk about wanting to deepen our relationship with Christ, when we want to engage with some of these well-worn paths? What are some of the common roadblocks that we should maybe talk about first? So I am a, a little bit of a uh, journal or planner nut. Like I like looking at what are the new trends and and how people do task management or um, how, how do people organize their time cool. uh, with little boxes and checklists. And I'm using a time block planner right now. And I love this idea of being able to see what is on the, the schedule for, for the day. I love the, the ability to check things off and to really get yeah. uh, really feel like I accomplished something. And yeah. so I think one of the roadblocks to our spiritual disciplines is legalism, this idea that right. we can um, either earn the favor of God, the grace of God, or uh, we, we, we do some of these spiritual disciplines just to make ourselves feel better, exactly. uh, right? Like that, you know, I, ch- I, I did all of this reading and praying. Cool. That's like, I'm awesome, right? Like that's, we wouldn't say that out loud, but that's functionally what's happening when we make it about us, when we make it about our mm-hmm. ability to achieve different habits um, and, and our ability to do different things. Um, I think that misses out on the, the really the beauty and the depth of, uh, relationship that we gain with God through exercising the spiritual disciplines. It makes it more about us. It's a one way street instead of a two way street there. Um, it, it, just quickly before we move on in acts, when Peter preaches his sermon at Pentecost, the natural reaction, uh, from the, from the people who heard it was, to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and the prayers, um, they had no. Their their natural response was to go wow, into some yeah. of these spiritual disciplines in community and to make it a natural way of life. I think when we make it more about us and our ability to check things off, our ability to do things to earn God's grace, earn God's merit, um, or even look really holy to others, I think that just I don't know. I like I think it, I think that perverts some of what uh, was happening in the early mm. church and when the new believers. Um, receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I think that, uh, uh, that was great, Sean. And I, I think that is probably my biggest roadblock. I, I, I definitely have a pharisaical older brother nature to me. And I think that has been, yeah, one of the biggest roadblocks for me, maybe not to 
like I, I think that I can be disciplined to engage in these, but I, I, I so quickly do it with the wrong motivation. So that was a good word. Yeah, I think isn't the trap there too when we go back to thinking of grace like a thing that we can get out of meeting rather than meeting Jesus as we're yeah. doing these things. Uh, and yet, on the other side, we need to not be afraid of the effort that it takes. Exactly. You know, God does call us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We are to hide his word in our heart. We are to treasure it. We are to to meditate, think about it. And so there is this demand on us which speaks to, I think, one of the big roadblocks of busyness and against the, of hurry. Like, yeah. I don't have time to. I don't. Have, I don't have time to read my Bible and pray. And mm-hmm. I mean, come on, all of us. Let's cut. If we cut out whatever media, whether it's TV or or social media, if we cut it in half, like we'd have plenty of time, right? Exactly. Um, so I think knowing we have to make a plan, we have to work that plan, but keeping. Um, kind of why we're doing it in mind is, is is so important or else we fall into that mechanistic pattern. Yeah, I think to that point, uh, someone pointed out to me recently, I mean, think about all the godly people you know in your life who are just genuinely have a real robust relationship with God and um, a real fruitful life. I mean, even going back in church history, you think about Augustine or Martin Luther or John Calvin or Charles Spurgeon, or even today, you know, I think someone like John Piper, we think of has just got a real dynamic relationship. And, and I think a common thread with all of them is that there was, there's a real dedication, a real discipline that they exercise in their life in a healthy way. Um, it's kind of like when you see, you know, someone up on stage uh, performing something I'm going to get into this in a second, but, uh, you know, it looks beautiful up on stage, but you, we, we don't realize all the work that's gone into cultivating that. And, um, I, yeah, I think as we're, you know, we're in the phase of our relationship with God where effort is part of it, you know, our, our calling or our election, that was all of grace, our justification, that's all of grace, no effort. And then of course our glorification, that'll be all of grace, but we're in the sanctification part of the story where the effort is involved and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, And yet one thing I do want to think about is even if we do this really well, God says one of the main ways we grow is through suffering Hmm. because it pushes us to him. Like, so again, (laughs) I want to be careful when we'd all acknowledge that we're not giving us a program to holiness, right? Because we can think we're doing all those things. So whether it's Piper or Spurgeon who was depressed or, right. You know, Calvin who was run out of town, like all these different people suffered greatly and, and they were able to use these well-worn paths to be the place where they found their joy and found their strength and cast their anxieties in the midst of the suffering. Yeah. We all live in really broken, fallen world. So we, we need, again, need to remember that the end is about the glory of God, not about our own personal well being. Yeah. And doesn't, doesn't Piper have a serious, like don't waste your, and then fill in the blank. Like yeah. don't waste your cancer. Don't waste your whatever. Like yeah. seriously. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's actually through suffering and acknowledging some of those things that we, we can experience God's grace even more powerfully. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that reminded me of something I read in a book on this recently was he talked about there's really three things God uses to change us and grow us. And, um, 
only one of the three is in our control. You know, one of them is God uses other people, you know, maybe a good pastor's sermon or a friend who speaks into your life or does something encouraging. The other is circumstances, like you were saying, Dan, like God uses suffering to grow us. And the third would just be our own effort, if you will, our own cultivating of our relationship with God. And that's the only one of the three that's in our control. Um, and that's just a way to say that there there is a place for effort. One author has said effort is not a, uh, is not a four-letter word. <clears throat> um, kind of dovetailing on that, I think another roadblock is, is we can lack purpose. We can lack direction in our engaging in these well-worn paths. You know, discipline without direction is drudgery. You think about, you know, maybe a, a young boy trying to practice the guitar in his room while all the other kids are out, he sees them through the window playing. If he's just sitting there pricing his guitar just because he has to price his guitar and his mom said, like, that's just, that just is drudgery. But if, you know, while, while I'm getting this from an author, he, he was talking about what if an angel came to this boy and, and gave him this vision and showed him this person at Carnegie Hall playing the guitar beautifully. Um, and then this boy all of a sudden is like, wow, that's beautiful. And then the angel says to him right before the end of the vision, that's going to be you in a couple of years. But you need a practice. You're like, that's going to completely change how he engages in his practice. He's got direction now. He's got something. And so the Bible, I mean, what does Paul say um, in Romans 8? He said that God is at work conforming us into the image of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are in the process of looking more like Jesus in our life. God is making us people who are talking like Jesus more, acting like him, thinking like him, being more like him. And part of that takes our own, you know, ultimately it's God's grace that does this, but the way we access God's power is, is partially through, um, you know, our, our, our discipline. Um, but that, that gives us purpose. We're, we're, we're trying to discipline ourselves to get in these for the sake of becoming more like Jesus. Yeah, I like how you said that, because for his glory, because so, so often don't we want the Lord to be with us so that... Ca- our life can go smoothly as we think it should. Yeah. And even, even when it's good purposes for his purposes, right. we still want it to come with peace of circumstance and, um, and just blessing as we understand it. So I know that again, to see the face of Jesus so that we can reflect the glory of Jesus. And that that's hard to keep both in front of me. Yeah. So we got legalism as a, as a roadblock, you know, the idea of just needing to have effort as a roadblock of maybe lacking purpose, anything else? Yeah. So the, the last one, and one I see a lot in like students in high school, you know, in, in younger people, especially, but I think this is present, present in adults is uh, relation is technique over relationship. So I'm not going to pray out loud in a group because it might not, it might not sound the right way, or I'm mm. not going to read certain books of the Bible because I don't understand them. They're, they're terrifying to me. Um, I think that in a relationship with God, like in a relationship with a best friend or a spouse or a mentor, um, we can be more vulnerable to the people we're closer to. Um, yeah. and we're, we're a little bit more at ease and able to be ourselves. We can be the most ourselves with God. Um, and so I think that as we approach some of these disciplines, yeah, it's like, you know, some of these, uh, some of the fear is going to be uh, present. I don't know how to do this. I don't know if it's going to sound good. I don't know if I should offer up this prayer request. It might sound silly. Um, you know, things like that. I, I think that, um, I think God meets us w- where we are and he knows the, <laughs> the depths of our heart, the, all the ugly stuff, and he wants us anyway. Um, and so I think remembering that as a, as a key into 
uh, doing some of these disciplines, I think remembering that he chose you anyway is is freeing for us as we approach him in, in meditation and solitude and silence. We can be okay with being alone with our thoughts because he has wiped the slate clean through Jesus. I think that's freeing for us as we approach some of these disciplines. That's great. Yeah, just you talking about that also reminds me of the fact that we got to, I think we have to encourage each other that this is, though personal, it's not private. And what I mean by that is the Christian life is a community effort. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you sharing with me that you were meeting with some students just to read the Bible together and talk about it and and process things. I mean, that that's a win, right? That's the other thing that I like about the Community Bible Reading Journal is we're all reading some of the same things and we can talk about it. Um, now I'll, I'll be honest, like I'll be one, I'll use a community Bible reading for three, four five weeks. And then I, I jump to something else and then I'll come yeah. back. Um, yep. as much as I say, I want to do one thing. I'm not going to, I've tried for, yep. you know, 30 years and I go to different things Yeah, and that's okay. Cause my end goal isn't to get through the community Bible reading right. plan is to be meeting with Jesus and praying with him. And so I have a few different Absolutely. things that help me and I want our people to feel the freedom to do that too. Even as we're talking about this, I just want people to be meeting with Jesus and being transformed by their time with him so that individually and as a church, we really are making uh, an impact as we bear testimony of the glory of Jesus to the people around us. Yes, that's great. I think this will probably, this is a good point even for us, Dan and Sean, as we will be diving more deeply into some of these well-worn paths and probably getting into some of that technique is to not lose sight of this is ultimately for our relationship with Jesus and and the technique is just helpful towards that. Um, Dan was was just mentioning the CBR journal. So next week's episode, we will be talking about biblical meditation. Mostly we'll be um, talking about it uh, from the angle of the CBR journal that is available. If, if you um, don't have one, please come pick one up on a Sunday or anytime during the week. And we, we have those as a gift for you. Um, but I'd encourage you if you're, um, you know, planning to, to join us next week to start using it. If you haven't been using it, um, I think it could help you engage in our discussion. Although if you don't, that's fine. We're still going to give plenty of things that are relevant to any um, meditation of the Bible, but it could be a, a, it's just an encouragement to you to, um, as we go towards the next episode. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this guys. I'm excited about this season. Um, I hope you all are as well. And, uh, we, we trust and pray that God will, will use these conversations to, um, you know, help us draw near to him as he draws near to us. So thanks for joining us, uh, friends and family of Redeemer and grace and peace to you all. See you next time. Take off your shoes and dance.